great to see you all this morning and um, uh, just thank God for, you know, this series, as I said before, if you've missed any of the series, any of the, the Set Apart series, they're all on our website, please avail yourself of some of the other things. Um, I, as for myself, as I've been studying, I've got so much out of this, so um, I just hope that that comes across. And today... We're looking at set apart. That's been our scripture, and we've been talking about what label are we? We, you know, kind of a uh, just a little group within that set apart designer labels. What label are we wearing? And we've been looking at the Beatitudes. So um, I'm going to read it again now. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a hill mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. He said, "Blessed are the poor in spirit." for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets before you. And today we are into verse 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. This is the sixth of eight, okay? So next week will be the seventh. We'll take a break because it'll be Mother's Day in two weeks' time. Woohoo! Okay, don't forget to invite your friends to that. Mother's opportunities to share with people. Um, and then we'll finish it off um, the week after before. Then Easter is upon us because the, the Sunday after that will be Palm Sunday. Where did that go? Praise his name. But anyway, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Who wants to see God this morning? Here we go. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. So my question this morning is, do we have a heart condition? Do we have a heart condition? You know, your heart beats an average of over 120,000 times a day. That's incredible, don't you think? You know, we, none of us want our heart to take a vacation, have a day off, even have a coffee break. It's not allowed. It just keeps beating. It just keeps going. And um, in the UK, 27% of deaths each year are caused by heart disease. That is a staggering 170,000 people a year in the UK die of heart condition. Bring that down, 460 a day, one every three minutes. So if you think about that now we've been going for an hour, that's 60 minutes. So 20 people in the UK have died while we're, we've been sat here of heart condition. Makes you think, doesn't it? 
It's the leading cause of death worldwide. Leading cause. The physical condition of our hearts will impact our daily lives. You know, the things that they tell us that affect our hearts. Smoking. We all know that. Drinking, drinking too much alcohol. Blood pressure. Cholesterol. Stress. Diet. Exercise. All of these things will either affect our heart for the good or for the bad. And you see, it's no different with our spiritual condition of our hearts. You know, the, our heart will impact every area of our lives. You see, your heart is not just, as we say, a swinging brick. It is a physical organ pumping blood through your body. The heart is the center of your innermost feelings and emotions. Your heart, your soul, the center, the essence of life. Just as a body is lifeless without the beating of the heart in the physical, so it is the same in the spiritual. So what is the condition of our heart this morning? You see, the Beatitudes, there's eight statements, and we're on number six. But they're not standalone statements. They're not to be viewed as just, oh, this statement. Oh, that's, yeah, okay. Blessed are the whatever. They are actually building blocks for our lives. You see, Jesus was teaching his disciples, as I've said, Many times, the chapter before, he calls his disciples and then he sits them down and says, look, if you really want to follow me, these are the building blocks you need to build your life on. These are the things that you need to be doing. These are the things that will help you. And the order is quite significant as well. You know, with each of the, um, the Beatitudes comes a promise with a condition. So the first one we did was blessed are the poor in spirit. The poor in spirit will receive the kingdom of heaven. There was the promise. There was the kingdom. If you want to receive the kingdom of heaven, you have to be poor in spirit. Promises with conditions. What about those who mourned? The second one. They'll be comforted. What did Jesus promise the meek? They will receive what no one else in this world can take away. The meek will inherit the earth. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, Jesus says, they will be fulfilled. What about the merciful? Receive mercy. We did that last week. Likewise, the pure in heart are also given a promise. They will see God. I don't think there's much, you know, kind of ambiguity with that statement. Pure in heart will see God. It's a promise with a condition. I remember when the kids were growing up. We wanted them to understand that, you know, the value of having money. They wanted pocket money and different things like that. And so, to varied 
sort of degrees of success. We said, if you will do this, then we will give you that. We've all done it, haven't we? If you will keep your bedroom tidy, and we had a little chart and what have you. Nathan was quite good at this, Philip, terrible. Forget it, he didn't care. We're like, okay, I won't have any money. When we moved to Birmingham, our garden was very, very stony and what have you. So we were like, oh, it's going to take us ages to move these stones. So we said to Nathan, if you move the stones, we'll give you so much for each stone. Put them in a big pile over here. And he was like, yeah, 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 fantastic. And uh, he remembers this. He tells this story himself. And so he moved loads. Of, I think it was a penny a stone. He was 10 at the time, guys. Let's get this in perspective. He won't do it for a penny a stone these days. He says, I can't believe you made me do that for a penny a stone. But he, you know, quite happily counted them all over, bucketfuls, kept going, every spare out there, you know, because it was very stony and nothing's going to grow in that ground. You need the stones out so that you can, you know, you can get the good soil. I promise with a condition. You see, what does Jesus mean by pure in heart? I want to receive the promise. I want to see God, and I'm sure you do. So if we're going to see God, then we must become pure in heart. Well, there's a scripture in Proverbs that says this. Above all else, this is in the message version. Guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Keep vigilant watch over your heart. That's where life starts. I like this. Don't talk out of both sides of your mouth. You know what we mean like that? Somebody who talks out the side of their mouth means they say one thing and do another. Or they might say one thing to your face and then say something else when you're not there. Don't talk out both sides of your mouth. Avoid careless banter. White lies. Gossip. Keep your, this is the thing, guys. Keep your eyes straight ahead. Ignore all sideshow distractions. Watch your step, and the road will stretch out smoothly before you. Look neither right nor left. Leave evil in the dust. I like that. So, practical application of what this looks like in the message. So, moving on. What does it mean? What does pure in heart mean? Oh, gosh, there we go. Okay, what does pure in heart mean? Well, the full life Bible says the pure in heart are those who have been delivered from sin's power by God's grace and now strive without deceit to please and glorify God and to be like him. We're all on a journey. We're not, are we there yet? No. Are we there yet? No, we're not. But we're all on this journey. You know, many of us would probably say that pure in heart is, are free from sin. I'll come back to that thought in a minute. They are unstained by sin. It's unpolluted. Unpolluted living. But this is where I want to go back to the, what we've been building so far. Because what we've been building so far with the other five Beatitudes that we've done will help us to have a clearer understanding of where Jesus was going with this. 
as the sixth beatitude. There is a progression. He's saying these are your building blocks. If you really want to have a relationship with God, this is it. So the first one, the poor in spirit. When we talked about poor in spirit, it's to die to self through brokenness, humility, dependence upon God. The sin of selfish pride is torn down as we acknowledge our need for God. Lord, without you, I can do nothing. That's a great place to start, isn't it? To realize it's not about us, it's all about him. The second one, those who mourn, align their hearts with God and grieve over sin, personal sin, the sin of others, and the sin within society breaks our heart. We want nothing to do with sin. Are we broken? Do we mourn over sin? Do we really get upset when we see sin? Does it really affect us? Or is it just another day, you know, just another day at the office? Oh, well, it's the way of the world. God, I don't want to ever get like that. We need, it needs to, it need, we need to look out. We need to see the, the grief over sin, our own misgivings, the sin of other people, the sin in society, the way that society is going and have nothing to do with it. We were talking about that when we were talking about mourning. The third one, the meek surrender their strength to God. The bit in the bridle, if you remember, Pastor John was talking about being meeked when a horse, a wild stallion is broken and the bridle goes in. They still have the same spirit. But actually now they give their control over to someone else this is all about giving Jesus control this is all about emptying ourselves of all the things that are inside of us so that he can put something else in the bit and bridle serve their purpose keeping us from saying the wrong thing and turning to look in the wrong direction we choose to submit to God's discipline and live for Christ instead of our own sinful desires that's what being meek is about. Meek is not weak. Meek is about being under new ownership. You seen that over the door, you know, new ownership. You go to a restaurant and they've, they've done your favorite stuff, you take away stuff and then suddenly somebody else has taken it over. And either it can be better or it can be worse. But when Jesus takes us over, it's for the better. Amen. When we finally submit. There's a, there's, a, there's a thing in Hebrews that talks about, forget which chapter it is, but it's in, I'm fairly certain it's in that part of the Bible anyway, when it talks about um, um, a will. You know, when you make a will, you get older, who's going to have what, how's it going to work out. You maybe lodge it with a solicitor or you can do it yourself online, but you keep it safe. And then the will, when does the will come into force? When somebody dies. And what it's saying in this scripture is we have to die. Guys, this life, we have to die so that God's will can come into force in our lives. And that this, this is what this is all about. The meek surrendering their strength to God. Number four, once we've emptied ourselves. Talked about this when I got to this one. Hunger and thirst for righteousness. God then can fill us. 
He can fill us. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness have been declared righteous by God. And the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit is at work within their lives, setting them free from the power of sin. God equips and empowers us to live in victory over sin. It's not that we live right, but we strive to live righteous. It's not that we are perfect. It's that we hunger and thirst for that righteousness and to do the right thing. Because if we can be poor in spirit, if we can mourn over sin, if we can be meek, then God can fill us and we can have that desire within us. It's all a journey. Number five, the merciful have an unfailing love for God. Without love, our lives are empty and meaningless. Love has become our motive for everything we do. Why would we choose to turn our back on God and return to a life of sin? So you see, the first three have been about us emptying ourselves. The second three about what you put in its place. If we'll allow God to empty us of ourselves and let him have control of our life, these are the kind of things that God wants to put in our hearts and in our lives. So, the idea of being pure in heart means more than just being clean or unstained by sin. Could it be that it means something else too? Well, if you look at the word pure from the Greek word, it literally means to be free from dirt, unsoiled. It also can mean, you see, you lose a bit in translation, no impurities, such as pure water, although I don't think this is, uh, yeah, I can't so many additives in here. Pure gold, nine carat gold, 18 carat gold, twi- is it 23? I've never quite got there. But, but you know, unrefined. Pure, it can mean that, no impurities. It also means to be genuine as opposed to false. So are we genuine? Are there no impurities in our lives? Psalm 86 verse 11 says, teach me your way, O Lord, and I will walk in your truth. Give me an undivided heart to revere your name. You see, if our loyalties are divided, then, okay, so this way is pulling me this way. This way is pulling me this way. So do I go this way or do I do go this way? To be genuine, to have an undivided heart. The pure in heart are genuine. They're authentic. They're not counterfeit. They're not hypocrites. There's no impurity, mixture or division within their hearts. A genuine heart is a pure heart. It's our prayer this morning. God, give me an undivided heart. A heart with singular passion. A pure heart. God, make my heart genuine. 
not mixed with the world's things of the world. We're in it, but we're not of it. There's no problem having friends with the world. There's no problem having, you know, going to the gym, getting yourself fit, exercising, looking healthy. There's no problem with any of those things, but if that takes the priority, you see, this is why God said the first commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your heart, with all your heart. That's the first one. And your mind and your soul, because everything follows after the desires of your heart. What is in your heart will come out. What is in here will come out here. What is in our hearts today? You know, who are we? Been thinking about Family Fun Day. It's not going to be that far away. And we're thinking that maybe we might do a theme at the, you know, uh, 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 for all the fun of the circus and we might get dressed up as clowns and everything else. And I was thinking about that. You know, what does a clown do? Puts on a, puts on a face, maybe adds a different coloured wig, puts some different clothes and makes themselves into a person that they're not actually. Maybe runs around, does silly things. But actually, are we genuine? Or do we put a face on? Do we, you know, are we one, one thing here, one thing there? You see, when, the, when, when John the Baptist sent um, a message from prison to Jesus, he said, are you the one that should come or should we look for someone else? And he says, well, the blind are healed, the deaf are laid, this, that, and the other, blah, blah, blah. And blessed is he who doesn't find me a stumbling block. In other words, I'm the one. I'm the one. I am who I say I am. Are we who we say we are? Or do we put on different place faces? You see, these building blocks that the Beatitudes are, as believers, we, have a Christ, we should have a Christian lifestyle consistency with our faith. And we know it's not. It's all about what Jesus has done in our lives, which is why... Jesus said to the disciples, you need to empty yourself first, and then this is what you need to fill your lives with. With God's, with God's help, we should be like Jesus 24-7. How can we become pure in heart? Well, step one is... To understand we cannot get away from God. God sees everything. We may be able to fool each other. We may be able to lock some things away, compartmentalize things. But God sees the whole person. And in Psalm 44 verse 21, he said, would not, <coughs> we can, would not God have discovered it since he knows the secrets of the heart? God knows us. Your life, my life, is an open book to God. Nothing is out of sight. God only sees what you, not only, okay, let me rewind. God not only sees what we do, but he gets the motive behind it. This is why, again, he dealt with the motives first. Poor in spirit, being humble, being meek, mourning. An impure heart 
is blind to its own hypocrisy and double-mindedness. You see, Jesus wasn't also, wasn't only addressing the disciples. He understood that they'd been drawn, brought up in a culture where the Pharisees were double-minded. They said one thing and did something else. They were not a good example. You see, guys, we need to be a good example. In Matthew 23, it says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee. First clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside also will be clean. In fact, what he's saying to them, it's not about what you do, it's about who you are. Because if you get who you are right, then what you do will follow who you are. Not the other way around. Don't do these things to make people think, oh yeah, right, she wonderful or isn't he wonderful. Actually, you need to get your inside cleaned up so that your outside will follow suit. Amen? That's what it's all about. Step two, ask God to give you a new heart. Ezekiel says, I will give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit in them. I will remove from them their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. God will give us a new heart. He will bring about a transformation, a pure heart in exchange for a sinful heart. God will purify our hearts the moment we ask. We receive God's cleansing by faith. You see, guys, we can't do this on our own. This is the whole point. I don't want you to get hung up and think, oh, I'm not doing this. And it's, it's about our heart. It's about having our heart and our motives right with God. It's about being an open book to God and saying, God, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. It's about having that heart. God will purify our hearts if we ask. God will not turn you away. He won't ignore you. God wants to restore a relationship with you. He wants to maintain a relationship with you. Because this is really talking, he's talking about salvation. But actually we know that as you go on this life, we need to constantly be renewing and refreshing our relationship with God as we go along. God wants to restore a relationship with you. Jesus died and allowed his blood to be poured out so that our hearts can be made pure. They'd gone through centuries of following the letter of the law. So take, for instance, if they're saying, um, okay, do not steal, they then added a law, well, if it's like the cookie jar, let's make it, you know, cookie jar. So they'd say then, well, what you need to do is to put the cookie jar out of reach and then you can't steal. What? So there were hundreds of thousands of little things so they could kind of, and this is all them trying to work it out when really it's not about what you do in the first instance. It's about who you are, where your heart is, and what am I doing with my life? And what things am I putting into my life? What stuff am I doing to keep my heart pure? What things is my heart feeding on every day? Just as in the natural, 
you know, if you've got heart disease or, or, or if you've got different things happening, you know, they will affect your heart. Somebody who, you know, smokes, drinks, as we said earlier on, those physical things, but there are other things. If we don't get enough exercise, the heart needs to. And we need some enough spiritual exercise, guys. We need some spiritual exercise. Getting ourselves in a prayer meeting or a night of prayer. Some spiritual exercise, guys. Let's really get serious with God. Number three, accept trials and hardship as God's cleansing fire. You see, he's not promised that, you know, come to Jesus, um, I'll wash you from your sin. Yes, he's promised that. And everything will be hunky-dory. I'm going to be fine. It's going to be wonderful. Well, you know, it is in that sense because you know that whatever you go through, Jesus is there. When the road is tough and hard, what is God trying to do within us? You see, to get the gold and the silver to its purest thing, it has to go through the fire. It has to go through the fire. So that when it comes out of the ground and there's other things mixed in with it, to get the purity of the metal, it has to go through a certain process. And you know what, guys? So that we can become more like Jesus, so that we can be, when we, feed, we, you know, we see him, more like him each day, we will go through the fire. I'm sorry. But that's, that's how it is. There will be those days, there will be those times, there will be those situations where, but the crucible is for silver and the furnace for gold, but God, the Lord, tests the heart. How are you going to react in this situation? And you know what? Sometimes we get it right, but often we get it wrong. But you know what? When we do, the Bible says that we can come to him and we can renew our strength and mount up with wings like an eagle. An eagle soars really high. God accepts us just the way we are, but he loves us too much to leave us like that. You see, on the, um, the uh, Graham Tour training that we've been doing, and I know quite a few of you have uh, gone through that. In the first session, there is a, a, a picture of a statue of Michelangelo's David. And this statue was made out of marble. So when Michelangelo started to make his statue of David, it was a big chunk of marble. How did he get it to be that beautiful, wonderful statue of David. He just chipped off the bits he didn't want. And that's what God's doing to each and every one of us. He's chipping off the bits. He's chipping off the bits because he wants us to look like Jesus. That's what he wants. And he's chipping off the bits. Here's another scripture. 
So be truly glad. There is a wonderful joy ahead, even though it is necessary to, to for you to endure many trials for a while. These trials are only to test your faith, to show that it is strong and pure. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, and your faith is far more precious to God than mere gold. So if your faith remains strong after being tried by fiery trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. God is purifying us. Step four, live your life with a pure heart. This is a very practical one from Timothy. Run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the name of the Lord with pure hearts. There are some situations that we put ourselves in. We blame the devil, and actually we put ourselves into a situation we should never have been anywhere near it. Anywhere near it. Any sort of deceit or falsehood or wrongdoings or, you know, run from it. Don't just, don't just say, let me see how far I can, I can, oh, I can, I can get really close to this without falling off the edge. No, get as far away from it as you possibly can. Don't even entertain it. Run from it. Some things in life you need to run away from, and not just run away from it, but run to God. And pursue God with all your heart. Don't be ashamed to be known as a Christian, as a lifetime follower of Jesus Christ. That's what we need to do. The final one, and this is the most important one, I think. Keep your eyes on Jesus. That's the point. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what will we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. You see, pure, sorry. This is the goal in sight. I don't know how many of you have arranged something, say, um, like a wedding, okay? And what you have to put in place, and then there's arguments over who we invite and who we don't invite, and how much money we're spending, and what the bridesmaid dresses look like, and everything else. But do, they give, do the bride and groom give up? No, because the end in sight is this beautiful wedding that they want. All of these things. And we need to keep our eyes focused on where we are going. Keep our eyes focused on Jesus. Keep our eyes focused on the goal. This is the goal, to be more like Jesus, to be like Jesus. To be more like him, to be an example. To show the world that there is a better way to live. Our world is sick. It is sick. It's dying. What does that cause us to do? To shrink away or to stand up and be counted? We need to show the world that Jesus is alive. 
The problem is we have some very bad examples of the Christian faith. There's been one in the West Midlands this week. Oh, gosh, yes. For anybody who's seen the news, a pastor and his wife, he's got 30 years, she's got 11 years. He's 60 now, and the stuff, you're like, oh, God, this is what, this is what gives us a bad name. This is what people look at and they say they're not what, who they say they are. They're hypocrites. We need to be genuine. We need to be people of faith. We need to be people that show that we are who we say we are. Pursue the goal. Whatever it says takes to see Jesus. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And I know that, you know, um, probably the majority of people in here have given their lives to Jesus and known that cleansing and known that when we first gave our lives to Jesus, I mean, I wet buckets because of thinking about my past life. And God loves me so much and he'll forgive me for that and he'll cleanse me. But you know what? He keeps on cleansing me because I'm on a journey. I'm flawed. I'm never going to get it right. And guys, I don't want you to get hung up on getting it, on thinking about the things that you do. Concentrate on your heart. Check your heart today. Is your heart in the right place? Is your heart beating properly with Jesus? Is your heart in the place where he can use you? Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Praise his name. And we've got a song of devotion. It's an old song, but it's a great song. It's called Creating Me, A Clean Heart, O God, and Renew a Right Spirit Within Me. And there was a, the original one was by Keith Green. And David's got it on video. And as soon as David can get it up on the video... Guys, I just want you to respond. Whatever that response, whether you want to stand up, sit down, you look, creating me a clean heart. God, I need you to work on me from the inside out. This is what this is all about. If you don't know Jesus today, if you haven't got a loving, living relationship with him, you can know it right now. But for each and every one of us, God, we need to be clean on the inside. We need to be pure in heart so that we can see, see you. Thank you. Thank you.